Today we're going to tell you how you can walk in victory in every area of your life. Just today, just in this one service, you'll know enough to do that. 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 4. Hallelujah. Boy, I got to tell you, I sense a lot of faith here today. A lot of hunger for the Lord. I want to commend you guys for that. This is the easiest pulpit to preach in. It is awesome. It is awesome. It says here in 1 John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Then he goes a little bit further explaining this in verse 5. Who is he that overcomes the world, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Did you notice how many times it said, victory and overcome. I mean, in two verses here, the Holy Spirit saw fit to say the same two Greek words. It's really one Greek word and then an offshoot of it over and over and over again. It's screaming, if you're born of God, you are a world overcomer. Not going to be, not going to grow into it, you already are. Okay, so keep that in mind. Now let's break this down a little bit. It says, for whatsoever. First of all, you're not a whatsoever. The King James translators translated that. It's the Greek word P-A-S, pas. It means whosoever. So you're a whosoever. For whosoever is born of God, it says here, overcomes the world. And this word world, it means the cosmos, the world system, the system of order in the world. Satan is the god of this world system. This is talking about whoever's born of God overcomes the world system. Doesn't say is going to, says already does. Now this Greek word, it's a verb. It comes from the noun that means victory. The Greek word that means victory is Nike. You've probably seen that on some tennis shoes, right? It's a Greek word that means victory. This verb overcomes is nikeo. It's a verb form of that noun, and it means that you overcome, and it has within the word because you've been given delegated authority. So why do you and I, as children of God, overcome? Because we've been given delegated authority in the name of Jesus. If you're beaten down by anything, you don't have to be. That's good news. No more defeat, no more moving backwards, no more decreasing. None of that should be in your life. And the Holy Spirit will guide you out of all of that into victory and triumph and overcoming. So it says here, for whosoever is born of God overcomes. I'm overcome this world system because of the delegated authority that I've been given in the name of Jesus. And it says here, and this is the victory. This is the Nike. You thought Nike was shoes. 
This is the victory that overcomes the world. And it says, even our faith. Notice it didn't say even faith. Because faith, see, until you make it personal, what's going to overcome the world system that you're in, that you're facing? What what is going to do it? It's going to be the faith that you've been given by God, the faith that you choose to develop as you hear the word of God, your faith. Does that make sense? My faith can't help you overcome. You have to choose to do that. We have a big dilemma in the body of Christ, and the dilemma is this, and don't ever let this be in your life, to where you're standing and opposing the word of God. At the end of the day, the word of God works if you work it. People will say, well, you know, if healing was provided for today, if God really wanted me healed, then he would just heal me. Right? And because I'm not healed, it must mean it's not his will. Okay. Do do you know it's God's will that everybody be saved? But do you know today, 155,000 on average, every day, people in the earth will die and go to hell. Well, I should say this. They will die. So we don't know where they're going, right? Because, you know, and, 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 and I know I need to kind of clarify this. I never thought I'd have to say this. But do you know there is hell? There is a place called hell? Do you know every human being that's ever lived is still either on the planet or in the planet or in heaven? Right? So, so it's, and, and realize hell was never made for man. And so when Adam sinned, God had a plan where no man would ever have to go there. To be honest with you, God doesn't send man to hell. He just honors their choice to go there. So, so if they, he'll try their whole life, he'll woo them to give their heart to him so that they can be born again so that they can have all their sins wiped out, so that the wages of sin, doesn't, which is death, doesn't have to happen to them. You know, and, and then you'll hear people talk about, well, you know, I'm just going to go to hell with all my buddies and we're just going to party. Well, the, the sad thing about that is there, there's no party in hell. You know, and, and you're not going to be with your buddies. It's a, it's a place of, of loneliness and hopelessness and no life. If you don't know Jesus today, man, right now you're experiencing an environment and an atmosphere that will be void in hell because, because, because the presence of God is here, there's life. But it, it's devoid of that. But see, you don't have to go there because there's also a real place called heaven. And see, what happens there, do I go to heaven because I was good? Nope. If I had to be good to go, I, I wouldn't make it. Because I can't be good enough. The Bible's very clear with that. So I had to be born again. So now, when I, when I said, Jesus, I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead and are now seated at your Father's right hand in heaven. And now because of that, I proclaim that you are my Lord and I give you my life. And then what happens now, he comes in. The Holy Spirit of God comes into the inside of me, takes out this spirit man that I was, that was dead and separated from him, takes it away and it's gone. All my past is gone. 
Everything is brand new. He puts a brand new spirit in me with the very nature and character of God, and then the Holy Spirit will come and abide in me. So now I'm never alone. He'll never leave me. He'll be with me throughout all eternity. So now, death to me, I don't taste death. What I mean by that is I don't taste spiritual death. I'll never taste that. I'll never close my eyes to this physical realm and see the angel of death take me and throw me and give me to the angel of hell and be incarcerated until the great white throne judgment where I'll be thrown into the lake of fire. I'll never have to see that because Jesus paid that for me. So now death for me is what the Bible definition of death is. It's just separation. So when I'm done on this earth, if the Lord tarries, my spirit will step out of my body and I'll be with Jesus. Most exhilarating feeling. Can't even talk about it too much. You just want to leave early because it'd be so wonderful. So this is what we're talking about. You, as a child of God, are born of God. So stop opposing what the Word of God says. If the Word of God says, don't think about these things, then don't think about them. If the Word of God says, think about this, then think about that. If the Word of God says, forgive, then forgive. Because all roads with God lead to life. He'll never lead you. To be honest with you, he couldn't lead you into anything that would hurt you. Everything that he leads you in will help you. Amen? Not only that, is he's made provision. So anything that's in your life right now that is not producing the life of God has no legal right and you've already been given the victory over it. Isn't that good news? And so now it's just a matter of I need to be guided into the truth. And oh, by the way, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He'll guide you. So you don't even have to figure it out. How am I ever going to overcome this addiction? You, you already have. Well, well, Tony, come on. I have been trying to quit smoking. I have been trying to quit drinking. I've been trying to quit looking at internet pornography. Whatever it is, I've been trying to stop this drug addiction. And, and No, no. See, the Word of God will show you you've already, you've already been given the victory in it. See, we, you know, we watch a football game, and then, then, then we look at the football game, and whoever has the most points we say, wow, they just gained the victory. And, and our whole life is like that. This happened and then they gained the victory. But with us, it's different. See, 2,000 years ago, we gained the victory. So now I have the victory. So now everything must change. So when I know that I have the victory, if you get nothing else out of today but this, this is the point. You are victorious right now. You're victorious right now. What is your victory? Faith. So when I, when I hear, when I hear, in my spirit, I've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. When I hear that Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain, and with his stripes I was healed. When I hear that, see, faith comes by hearing. So faith is birthed, and now I reach into the unseen realm. 
I reach beyond the veil of this natural world and I seize hold of my healing. I have it. I already have my victory. Yeah, but you don't see it in your body yet. No, I don't live by sight. I live by faith. But I have it. And I'm fully persuaded that what I have hold of that you can't see, you will see here. Why? Because he said it. So how do I overcome sickness in my life? I hear the word of God on what he said about it. I grab hold of it and be the mere fact that I have faith. It's my victory. Victory's not at the end. It's right now. Okay, so keep, you guys are kind of looking at me. So let's keep going with this. And it says here, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes. Notice it doesn't say, but he that walks in the answers to their prayers. No. It says he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, you can't believe Jesus is the Son of God and not believe he's your healer. That, that not believe that he's your prince of peace. So depression and anxiety and terror and fear has no place in your life because he is your peace. Does, does that make sense? So let's keep going with this. In the amplified version of 1 John 5, 4, it says this, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. Everyone. How many of you are born of God? So by raising your hand, you're saying, I am victorious. So, I I mean, I think I need to do an altar call right now because there's a lot of you that have not raised your hands. So how many of you are are born again? How many of you are born again? Right? So what you're raising your hand, you're saying, so I'm victorious. Now, how many of you, because of that, are victorious? Can you... I want you to say this with me. I am victorious. I have overcome the world. Now, can I just prophesy to you really quick? There's some of you, and, and this is what you did outward, but it's exposing what's inward. Now, I'm trying to help you. You said, I am victorious. I have overcome the world. The reason why you said it that way is because you're like this. You're stout against God and you're going, but I'm hurting and I I don't feel good and I don't really believe what I just said. So here's your answer. You want to get out of that stance to where you're like, I am victorious. Wow! I overcome this mess that's in my life that I created. I'm overcoming because I've already overcome. I'm victorious because I've already, I'm always been victorious. What's the difference? Here's the difference. One person will read it or hear it or listen to it, and then they'll go like this, and then they go live their life doing 9,000 things. And they forget what manner of man they were. But here's the difference on people that are just out of control crazy. 
Fanatics. I'm a total fanatic. Total fanatic. Because why? Because I hear the word, and I hear the word, and I speak the word, and I, and I just, I'm like, I just keep it in the midst of my heart to where it just, it just, it comes out of every fiber of my being. Is it because, well, you're just a better Christian than me? No, see, we're all a byproduct. See, I, I can't be a better Christian than you. Spirit of God lives in you. Spirit of God lives in me. The reason why he lives in you has nothing to do with how good you were. The reason why he lives in me is it has nothing to do with how good I am. We just both simply chose to believe it. So we were made the righteousness of God in Christ. We were given a measure of the faith of God that created the universe. And now we hear the word and we're like, I'm just going to stay plugged in to his power source. I'm not strong in myself. I'm strong in him. And because I know him, how strong am I? Oh, I'm strong. I'm courageous enough. I'll seize hold of invisible things until you see them here. And I'm so courageous and so strong because of who I know, I'll do exploits. I'll do all kinds of stuff beyond my own ability. The only difference is I just keep looking. Here's another way to look at it. I keep the word here. The person who overcomes keeps the word here with their circumstances here. They don't deny them. They're denying. When you're like this, you'll just deny their right to be there. Body, you got to change. Satan, you're bound. Fear, you got to leave. Depression, I have no part in you. Oh, well, I have chemical imbalances. No problem. Father, I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. Because I live like this. The only thing is the believer that doesn't, that chooses, choose. see, this is the thing. It's not that you don't believe it. It's as a believer, you're choosing not to believe it because you're a believer. So what happens is you're just choosing to believe what you're seeing and what you're feeling more than what he says. But the answer to that is just spend more time with him. Because faith doesn't come. See, this is, this is the circle that our dear brothers and sisters live in. I know I live there. Don't live there. We live in this circle of defeat because we just keep looking at natural things. All you got to do is stop looking at what you're looking at and start looking at Jesus. And what you do when you look at him, you look at him and you keep that word in your mouth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do, I'm, I'm healed by his stripes. And I just keep, that's where I'm at. If he said it, then I believe it. It's true for me. If he said I'm victorious, then I'm victorious. And I just keep staying there. And all of a sudden, light goes on. And I'm like, wow, I'm victorious. I walk around saying, man, I'm victorious. So the person who's sitting there kind of in this stance that has gone through this cycle, pray for me because I'm a mess and all this. You're not a mess. You're just believing lies. But what happens if you will literally just believe God and just keep speaking the word? It'll be like this. I'm victorious. I overcome the world. Your mind's going, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. You don't believe that. Just keep, you keep, it is written, it is written. You keep saying that. Pretty soon, it goes off in your spirit and revelation comes in and you go from, I'm victorious, I'm a world overcomer, to I am victorious. And all of a sudden, you see that whatever you're facing is nothing 
compared to him. Because the only reason why it looks so big is because you lived your life comparing it to how you look. I'm comparing what I'm facing to what I think I can do. Well, listen, the world will get you in a place always where you'll get to a place. Let me, let me just prophesy over you today. You're going to get to a place in your life. You've probably already been there. If you have, guess what? You'll be there again to where you're going to face things where there's no way out that's bigger than you. God, God is, if God doesn't move, you're in trouble. That, that's the way the world is. Satan's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And you could live above all that because when you realize, wait a minute, I'm his child. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. The Holy Spirit of God is here to show me things to come. It's here to bring things to my remembrance. It's, he's here to guide me into all the truth. He's here to bear witness constantly to me that, hey, don't, don't be moved by that. You're a child of God. I love you. I'm with you. The bigger, the greater one's in me. And you could live above all of it to the point where you're going, okay, Satan, that was fun. What's next? Bring it. Because you can't, he doesn't have anything bigger than God. Oh, I know you believe this. That's so cool. We who are born of God have victory over the system of the world. I have victory over the situations and circumstances of the world. Amen? So this word overcome, I want to show you a scripture. I love it. It's in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Again, it's the Greek word nikeo. Revelation 12, 11 says this, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. How did they overcome? They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I love that. They love not their lives unto the death. Talking about, this is talking about during the tribulation period, all this stuff, you know, this is in the book of Revelation. How that they overcame. This is, this is exactly how you're going to overcome. This is exactly how I'm going to overcome. The greatest testimony is not when you come testify of what you've seen. Man, I, you know, I had this tumor, and I just, you know what? The word says this, and now I just went to the doctor. Praise God, it's gone. That's a great testimony. But I got to tell you, the only reason why you're even giving that testimony is because of the greater testimony. The greater testimony is where you're testifying about something you can't see. You got to get this. When you stand in the face of an insurmountable diagnosis and you say, you know what, this is what the doctor says, but I'm testifying to you today that I will live and I'm not going to die and I'm going to declare his works and by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. That is the greatest testimony. The greatest power of a testimony is when you testify before seeing anything. Faith is not going to be your victory. It's not the means by which the victory comes. Faith is the victory. Victory is not when it's over. Victory 
is the faith that came at the beginning of the whole thing. Do you see that? This is huge. You have the victory now. The minute, the moment that you grab hold of the word of God because you hear it and faith is birth, you have your victory. Why is that? Because everything's already done. He's already healed you. He's already, he was made poor that you might be made rich. He gave you everything that pertains to life and godliness. You've already been blessed with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. And now all of his promises are yes in Christ and amen in Christ. It's all done. Everything unseen will line up with the faith that you started with. you got to get this. I don't think we could preach this enough. If you start with victory and stay with victory, you will always walk in victory. So I'm not, I'm not starting sick and walking in victory when I'm healed. I'm not starting in lack and poverty, but when all the bills are paid and I've got more than enough, now I'm not, I'm, I'm, then I'm not victorious. No, 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 no. When I hear back here that Jesus already bore my sickness and carried my pain, when I hear he's already met all of my needs, when, when I hear that back here, now I have the victory. The victory is at the beginning. If you start with victory, like I said, and stay with victory, you'll always walk in victory. But if you're waiting for the victory, you got it backwards. It doesn't work that way. Right? Seeing is never believing. See, it, and, th and this is what Satan will do. He will run up this, you know, the scoreboard of your life will show you that, man, it's like 120 to 1. I am, I mean, I feel like I'm losing. It looks like I'm losing. I've got people coming out of the walls that love me that are telling me that I'm losing. But, oh, if you'll get with God, he'll say, no, no, no. Don't go by that. Don't go by what you're seeing. Don't go by what you're hearing. Why? Oh, Tony, I said. I said this. And I'm God. And what I say always comes to pass. I'm not a man that I would lie. I'm not the son of man that I would ever change. If I said it, I'll do it. If I spoke it, I'll bring it to pass. So, this is the way the game works. It works, here, here we go. Have you ever thought of this analogy? This might be a brand new one, I don't know. How many of you guys know what Nebraska Furniture Mart is? Let's say we went to Nebraska Furniture Mart and you know, we're such great friends with Dave and Leanne and, and we knew they really wanted this one dining room table, right? And we went and we went down there and we paid for it, we bought it for them. What would we do? What do they give you when you buy something? They give you a receipt, don't they? So then if we went to their house and, and, you know, we could even wrap it up in a nice little bow and say, hey, we wanted to bless you guys. What would they do? They would take, they'd look at that receipt and they'd be so excited. They'd be like, wow, pastor, Mr. Jeanette, man, this is, this is awesome. Thank you. 
Do you think they'd be going, but I don't see it? <laughs> you know, this is great, but pastor, I don't, we're, I, I, don't, I don't know. Right? No, they wouldn't say it. And then what would they do? They would take their receipt because it tells them what they own. And they would go to this warehouse worker. You know, sometimes some of those guys look like gorillas, right? And they would hand that to them. And, and they would bring it out. Or, or they, would, they wouldn't even have to go get it. They would just be at their house. And then a big old truck would show up. And these two guys or three guys would come in. They'd ask them, hey, where do you want this at? They'd put it in. They'd make sure you were really happy with it. And then they would just have you sign their copy of the receipt. Right? So, have you ever had a coupon book? Do you ever doubt, like if it says buy one, get one free, that they're going to go, no, sorry. <laughs> right? You'd be like, no, I, I have it. So, um, this is your receipt book. Thank you, Lord. It's this simple. If it wasn't this simple... I wouldn't be doing this. Right? It's this simple. So when you read in there, your body's hurting, and you read, wait a minute, Jesus himself bore my sickness, carried my pain. I have the receipt. So I just receive it that way. So this is your receipt book. Does that make sense? But the only difference is I could deceive Leanne, maybe, because I'm a man, right? But guess what? God already purchased everything that you would ever need, and he put it all in that book for you. And then he said, listen, here's the cool thing. All of this stuff, how you, how you get it, it's all faith activated. So it's, it's voice activated. So what you do is I'm going to give you a measure of my faith that I created the whole universe with, and it'll work for you. If, if, if I've said I've given it to you, you could use the faith that I've given you, and you could hear the word of God, and that faith will be birthed, and you could lay hold of everything. So see, I don't have to... I don't have more faith in Nebraska Furniture Mart than I have in the God of all the universe. Does that make sense? So this is what we're talking about. Everything unseen will line up with the faith that you started with. I start in victory. So Romans 10, 17 says what? We know this scripture, right? So then faith how does it come? come? Comes to us by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or in other words, faith comes by hearing God's word. You could, put, you could take the word faith out. Since faith is the victory, you could say victory comes by hearing the word of God. You haven't changed the meaning of that at all. Right? My testimony declares that what has already been done for me in Christ's redemption cannot be stopped. You can't stop the fact that I'm a prosperous person. You can't stop the fact that all things are possible to me if I'll choose to believe him. 
You can't stop the fact that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You and I are unstoppable. And Satan doesn't want you to know that. Oh my gosh, does he get mad? Don't listen to that preacher, that faith preacher, that name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, confess it, possess it. Just, you know, that Haganite, that Copelandite. No, no, it's, no, I'm a Jesusite. And he said it. He said it. And the whole world will know it's true. It does not say our belief is the victory. It says our faith is the victory. My faith, that was funny, wasn't it? My faith is equal to the word of God that I believe. It's equal to that. If I see it in the word, it's mine. It's that simple. These promises from God's word that I believe are victory to me. Right? So 1 Peter 2.24 says this. 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. I can't say if I'm a child of God that I'm a sinner. Because all of my sin, Romans chapter 8, verse what? 3 All of my sin was condemned in the body of Jesus 2,000 years ago. So now I have to renew my mind so that my mind doesn't side with the sin nature in my flesh and I live out of my flesh and and I sin, I commit sin. It's really the sin nature that's doing it, but it's worse because I'm allowing it because I don't need to allow it. I've been given victory over sin. I'm actually dead to it. The old Tony that was spiritually dead died was crucified with Christ, was buried with him. I was raised with him in baptism and now I'm seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. The power of sin's been broken over my life. So now if I'll just renew my mind, I don't have to live out of my flesh. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness and then right in there he throws it in. By whose stripes you were healed. Do you see, by whose stripes? This is referencing Isaiah 53. This is referencing healing. By whose stripes you were healed. See, people, isn't it crazy that Satan tries to get you to get what you've already got? Do you know he's called the oppressor? And he will, he, see, he wants a stronghold in your mind that keeps you bound and imprisoned. But guess what? He doesn't build it. He'll have you build the stronghold. Right. You'll build your own prison with your mouth. But you don't have to. Amen. And here's the thing. If you're in prison right now, guess what? It has no legal right. So all you got to do is start speaking. I'm free. Whoever the Son has made free is free indeed. We have, we have weapons of our warfare that pull down strongholds. They are mighty not through me. They're mighty through God. Notice, isn't that funny how it says it's mighty through God? Wait, you would think, well, wait, it's mighty. Yeah, okay, it comes from him, but it's mighty through me, isn't it? Because I'm speaking it. No, 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 no. When you speak it, you're in Christ. So when it comes out, it's mighty through him. And it pulls down strongholds and you walk free. Why? I walk free because I am free. I walk in victory because I'm already victorious. I walk in healing because I'm already healed. 
I walk as a prosperous man because I'm already a prosperous man. Yeah, but you sure don't look like it. Oh, just hide and watch. I am. You just can't see it in the natural yet. But I've already, I, got, I have already laid hold of it. Why? Oh, my faith. I believe it. God said it and I believe it. And that settles it. People are trying to get what they've already got. See, so when I look at 1 Peter 2.24, this is my victory. I believe 1 Peter 2.24, and with this promise that he said, I overcome sickness in my body. I overcome it how? By the delegated authority of the name of Jesus and the word of God. Sickness and disease, you have to leave my body because by his stripes, I was healed. He bore it. I refuse to bear it. I don't have to bear it. Right? Does that make sense? All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. So whoever's born of God overcomes the world. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this. Now thanks... Be unto God, which sometimes, no, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Wow. Say this with me. Father, I thank you that you always cause me to triumph in Christ. Say this with me. I am always always triumphant. I love that. And look at what else he does. And makes manifest. So something on the inside now, he'll make it show on the outside. What is it? He makes manifest the savor. That, that, That Greek word literally means fragrance. Right? I I I hugged TJ today. You know, TJ over here, I, I, I'd never, you know, far be it for me to ever, like, mess with you or anything like that, you know. But I hugged him today, and I'm like, wow, TJ, you smell good. <laughs> you know, that, what is that? That fragrance was, you know, it, it's in manifestation. Our Father, he makes manifest the fragrance of his knowledge. Isn't this amazing? So... He will always cause you to triumph and he causes you to have a fragrance of who he is. The fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. What is, if you had to name, like I wear polo, but if you had to say, okay, what what would, like, like the greatest musical group, I can't wait to hear, their name is the Trinity. I can't wait to hear the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit sing. I mean, could you imagine? His voice is like the voice of many waters. And, and, and you know, they flow just perfectly. But his fragrance, if I were going to name it, I'd call it the anointing. Isn't it cool? You, everywhere you go, the God of heaven will make a fragrance of who he is show up. So you'll get around people, and they'll just instantly... They're like, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm smelling freedom. And here's, I'm smelling hope. There's hope for me. What is it? What are you wearing, anointing? Right? 
It, it just, it, it actually smells like whatever you need. The smell of this fragrance, it lifts burdens and it destroys yokes of bondage, which are lies of the enemy. Isn't that awesome? Everywhere you go, as you live like this, as you walk in the triumph that you are already, you, you've already triumphed. You know, you know, triumph is not like I'm fighting and then I win. No, triumph is the party after the victory. He always causes me to party after the victory. Right? That's, that's God. And, and, and that party, when you walk into that party, because it's wherever you are, it smells like whatever I need. It lifts things off of me. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and ask you to pray for them? Have you, ever, have you ever had somebody come up to you that, you know, they've just seen you in a restaurant or they've seen you around and they're like, they come and they sit down next to you and go, you know, I'm going through this. Can you pray for me? What is that? They're smelling a fragrance. It's not us. It's him. I love that. Here's another scripture. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. Here's a big one. Romans 8, 2. For the law of the spirit. Now, this is a spiritual law. It's beyond gravity. That's a physical law. For the law of the spirit of life, that is where? In Christ Jesus. Well, where are you? In Christ. What is the definition? you got to know the definition of being in Christ because some people think it's, I, I'm in Christ if I'm just doing every, all the right things. No, the Bible says in the book of Romans, you're in Christ if so be the Spirit of God dwells in you. Well, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit, he lives with you forever, so you're in Christ. So it talks about right here, for the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has, or I guess in the King James it would be half, that's past tense, I'm already, it's made, he's made me free from the law of sin and death. There's two laws in the world. So, so get this, you got to understand this. You have the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. That, 2,000 years ago, before I was ever born, made me free from the law of sin and death, which is in the world. I, I'm, I, I'm free from it. So people are trying to get free, and they never get free because you got to realize you are free in order to walk in freedom. Does that make sense? Isn't it just a little adjustment? But see, why we get messed up is because we think naturally. Well, i got to see it. i got to feel it in order. No, 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 no. No, we are Christians. We are believers. If our Father says this carpet is blue, it's blue. Because if he said it was blue, guess what? We'd look down and go, wow, that's beautiful blue carpet. We'd be like, Father, can you change the color? Because there's a lot of blue in here. No, I'm just <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so this, is, this is the thing. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What is that? It's, it's, it's him. It's love. It's agape love. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the agape love of God. And it will connect you to faith, the spiritual force that we're talking about called faith, which will connect you, faith is a connector, to all the blessings of God and promises of God. I reach and I grab them with faith. The law of sin and death 
is the nature of our enemy. It's self-centeredness and selfishness. That will connect you to the spiritual force of fear. See, as the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus opposes the law of sin and death, and it's much greater, faith has an opposing spiritual force, fear. Right? Now, if you operate in selfishness, then it'll connect you to fear. Or you could say this, if you're ever afraid, you're self-centered and you're being selfish. If I operate in the love of God, the love of God never considers itself. That's why it's fearless. You could die, Tony. Okay. So tell me something. Yeah, don't tempt me, right? Right? No. And, and oh, by the way, though, if, it's, if, if, I don't, if my, the Holy Spirit's going now, you know, somebody walks in and puts a gun at my head, and down in my spirit, it's like, this is not your time. I'll be like, hey, dude, you know what? This is not my time. Well, you don't understand. I've got a gun that's loaded, pointed right at your head. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? No man takes my life. I have to lay it down. Right? right? And oh, by the way, I fear the Lord, so wow, you're in trouble because there's big angels. They're about to, you know, just put the gun down. You're going to be okay. Wait a minute. I'm in control here. I've got the gun. No, no, you're not in control. No, no, because who, I love you. The guy who is uh, behind what you're doing right now, he's defeated. Right? It's Gehazi and Elisha. Oh, Lord, open Gehazi's eyes. Don't let him be freaked out. And all of a sudden he sees, oh man, there's money more with us than with them. See, this is a Christian. So now, if I ever get selfish, that's when I'll get fearful. And this external spirit of fear will start messing with me. And it will connect me to everything the enemy wants to use to steal, kill, and destroy. But if I'm over here operating in the love of God, did you ever read in the Bible how that faith works by love? Right? In your little faith mobile... This is why you always got to check that gauge. It's the gas gauge of your faith mobile. It's the love. Is your love tank full? Not only, now on one level, it's, you know, are you loving people? But really, that's not the gauge. The gauge is, do you really know how much God loves you? Because if you really know how much he loves you, you'll love people. Right? So realize, you got to understand these two opposing things. If you walk in the love of God, you won't consider yourself. You'll be free. You won't, you, you won't go to church and try to figure out what we're supposed to be doing. Have you ever tried to figure out what other people are supposed to be doing? It just, it just it's frustrating. Because God, there's no anointing there. There's only an anointing to tell you what you need to do. What I, for me, I'm your pastor I pray for you. God actually shows. I walk in a word of knowledge all the time. God will show me things in people's life. I never go to them and tell them, hey, you know, the Lord showed me that you're doing this. No, I because there's no anointing to do it. But boy, I, he'll show it to me so that I could pray for the person. And then a year later, they're coming up to you going, oh, pastor, I got to tell you, man, I was struggling with this and I am free. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. And I'll smile and I'll go, that's awesome. You know, I don't go, well, yeah, I know, God told me that for you. No, no, that's selfishness, and that's self-centeredness. That's all, I, you know, I, I, I don't, 
um, God, I, I, I don't think you're enough to make me the pastor I need to be, so I need to act spiritual. Wow. No, 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 no. See, you get over all that stuff, and you start living the way you're created. I want to bless others. I want to live for others. I don't have to think about myself because I'm already taken care of. And the more I think about others, the more I'm taken care of. I mean, it's just a wonderful way to live. It connects you. That's the walk of faith. And it connects you to all the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith and fear, they, they operate according to the same spiritual principles. Faith comes by hearing the words of God. Fear comes as you listen to the words of this world system which come from the enemy. Do you see that? It operates very similar. Fear and faith, they're connectors, like we said. Fear will connect you to things that will steal, kill, and destroy in your life. Faith connects you to all the blessing of God. This is why Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you don't have a spirit of fear. Don't, you don't ever have to deal and have fear in your life. Ever. Isn't that, that's awesome. I stood on the place where Timothy was martyred. Remember that? That was sobering. We're walking and we're walking down these streets in Ephesus. And, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. We just saw the, the Spiros. He's, he's, he runs Rhema Greece. And, you know, when you teach over there, you know how I always go, well, in the Greek it means this. They want me to come teach. And I've had, I've had other ministers go, now when you go there, don't. Don't go, well, you know, in the Greek it means this. Because they'll just kind of look at you and go, duh, right? Tell me some. I speak Greek, right? You know? So, and actually they might even, because Spiros goes in, because you know, they'll get you with the pronunciation. I go, yeah, I try, I, told, I, I try not to pronunciate some of these Greek words because I'm sure I messed them up big time. But I was standing on this place and... And that's where they were having a festival. And these festivals, church history tells us this, these festivals were very demonic, very, very worldly, sexual, just perverse. And Timothy, this timid who started out timid, was just fed up. And he, he was going out and there were people from his church and his family. They say that the church at Ephesus could have been as big as 100,000 people. You know, that we don't, we don't know, that's an estimation but this, he, this, this young pastor's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out and stop this. And, and his family and, and, and friends of his were like, Timothy, don't go out there. They'll kill you. And, and, and he looked at him. He's like, do you think I'm afraid to lay my life down? And, you know, and he went out, and that's where he was martyred. I can't wait to talk to Timothy because I don't think they took his life. I think with most martyrs, I just if you read stories, I've read a lot of stories about people that were martyred. It seems like they got to a point and they just decided, you know, I'm going to lay my life down here. It's interesting. Guys, we have authority. you got to identify, in order for faith to be the victory in your life, you have to identify any fear that's in your life. Don't play games with yourself. You've been redeemed from fear. It has no legal right in your life. But the Lord will help show it to you so that you can get it out of your life. Some people fear success. 
Some people, the real root of it is unworthiness. They think they're worthless, so they self-destruct everything, and it's a form of fear. See, doubt cannot come unless selfishness is present. This is why if you're selfish or self-centered, you're going to doubt. It comes out of that. Faith comes out of love. Doubt and unbelief are forms of fear. Well, I just, you know, tithing, giving, I just can't do that because how would we ever? That's fear. That doubt and unbelief, you saying you can't do what, what God's telling you to do, it's just, it's a form of fear, which is not part of you. So when you realize you're already victorious and you get in the word of God and all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 I could do anything God tells me to do. It's an, when he says do it, it's an empowerment. Fear will also express itself in anger. Show me somebody who's afraid, it's somebody who's mad a lot. What is the greatest fear that Satan attempts to put in the lives of, his, of God's children? Here it is, the greatest fear, that the word of God will not work for me. He'll come to you just like he came to Eve. Well, surely God didn't say. I mean, come on. Are you telling me you could be healed of this? Listen, this, this has been going on in your life. You've went to meetings. You've had the best of the best lay hands on you, and you're getting worse. He'll just, just inundate you, right? Until you tell him to stop. How do you do that? Well, here's where most people, most Christians will be like, yeah, the Bible says if we resist the devil, he'll flee. Well, you got two out of three, but because you didn't get that first part, this is why he's never fleeing. Because you and all your pride and you got all this stuff, you got all these blind spots in your life and you're a G, in Jesus' name, you leave. And Satan's like going, man, you don't believe anything you say. I know There's no faith in that. But when you decide, I'm going to humble myself and then I'll resist the devil. And then that sucker will run in terror why? Because the presence of God is right there. I'm telling you, he's running from him. He's not running from me. Isn't that awesome? Well, how do I know that? Because I'm in him. Colossians says my life has been tucked away with Christ in God. Wow. Faith brings the unseen blessings of God into this natural realm. Fear will bring the unseen work of the enemy into the seen realm. So now, how does this all work? 2 Corinthians 4.4 really brings something out here. 2 Corinthians 4.4, it says this, In whom the God of this world, talking about Satan, hath blinded the minds of them, which believe not. It doesn't say he blinded the minds of everybody. No, 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 no. A person has to choose that I don't believe what God said. And when they choose to do that, then he will blind their mind. 
He can't blind their mind until they choose not to believe what God said. He blinds the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. What is worse than a blinded eye? A blinded mind. Because if your mind's blinded, it blinds your whole life. But if you just have blindness in your eyes, you can get your eyesight back if your mind's not blinded. Right? So this is so important. Go to Hebrews 10.23. I think I'm going to... I'm winding down really fast here. Hebrews 10.23. It says, let us hold fast. This means let us seize hold of the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So the Bible is telling me to hold fast, to seize hold of something. What is it? The profession of my faith. Well, what is that? Profession, it's the Greek word homo logeo. It means to say the same thing. I'm to hold fast to always say what God says. So, so when I think I just can't do this, I can't say that, I've got to hold on to the word of God that says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. The Bible is telling you to hang on to the Word of God. This is how we walk in the victory that our faith has already given us, that God has already given us. You've got to hang on to the Word. If His Word says you're healed, then I'm hanging on to that. I'm not going to ever let go of that. The pressure that you face while believing God for anything this is what the pressure is. The pressure is always to get you to let go of the word. You're believing God for healing and, and the pain is going. And, you got, and you're hurting and you can't move the way you used to be able to move. And the doctor, I mean, and all these thoughts are hitting your mind. You think that's the pressure. That's not the pressure. The pressure is to get you, all that is happening to get you to let go of the word. Because if you let go of the word, you're done. But I got news for you. You don't ever have to let go. Why do you think I talk so much about being a viable part of your church family? You know, this, this Terminator, uh, this lone wolf McQuaid attitude about I'm a faith man, I'm a man of God, and you know, and Brother Hagen wasn't real personable, so I, you know, I don't need to be friendly to anybody in the church, and I just come in and pastor, just give me the word, and then I leave, and I don't care about anybody else, but I'm spiritual. That never works. That never works. You have to love what he loves. When you offer revelation that he loves a local church, that means he, lo he loves this. You, for you to hang on to the word of God, you've got to surround yourself with people 
that are going to encourage you, that are going to build you up. And as you're edifying, see, the biggest way to always hang on to the Word is to always be edifying and encouraging others that you're walking with to hang on to the Word. You're going through this. You're going over and not under. This thing works out. The Word of God is true. Hang on. We need to be in that environment. It's huge. The pressure is always to get you to let go of the Word. If you don't believe me, what did Jesus say about the parable of the sower? He said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand anything the way the kingdom operates. If you read that parable, those four types of ground, stony, thorny, I mean, all these grounds, right? Wayside. It's, it's the battle to let go of the word of God because you are not to produce, the word produces. You, the word is what overcome. Always. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I'm hanging on to the word. Faith is your victory. So in closing, realize we don't wait until we see victory to realize we are victorious. No, to see victory and walk in it, you have to realize I'm victorious right now. When did you win? You won 2,000 years ago before you were ever born. Amen?